0: The Philadelphia 76ers lose the Toronto Raptors 110-103. to 103. I'm Jerry Green here with Coy Sholey. This is Philly Sports Talk, we're here to recap the game. How are you doing, Coy? Uh,
1: not so good, Jerry. How are you? <laughs> uh,
0: I definitely feel you there. Uh, that was a really, really, really tough fourth quarter to watch as a Sixers fan.
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And before we break it down, I just want to say the game is actually played only 20 minutes away from what I'm saying can, because the Raptors are playing in – Tampa Bay. Uh, I just don't mention that, so I thought that was neat. I should have got tickets.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, they actually didn't have any fans in the stadium, so you couldn't have gone, but that would have actually been pretty cool if you ended up going to a in-person Sixers game. Not something that many Sixers fans can do, as they, there hasn't been any home Sixers games with fans yet. So, the Sixers, uh, let's start with the first quarter, because they actually had a pretty good start just as a team, but about Six, seven, eight minutes into the fourth quarter, pretty much when Ben Simmons got subbed out, the Sixers just could not buy a bucket. The Raptors went on like a 16 nothing run and they ended up with a league going in the second quarter. That was the first signs of the Sixers kind of just the rough night that they had. Um, It wasn't as bad in the second and third quarter, but and they even they only got outscored by four points in the entire quarter, but the way they were playing to start things uh they just let the Raptors easily get right back in
1: yeah uh the Sixers they had that lead in the first quarter and it was pretty sizable I think around eight to ten points around there and then they obviously got outscored in those last five minutes and the Raptors went on a big run they took the lead and in the second quarter the second quarter is a little more balanced Sixers I believe went into the half with the lead uh if you could fact check that but yeah they did. Yeah, they did. So the Sixers, just the first half, it was kind of like even, I would say.
0: Yeah, and just going back to that first quarter, and I said this, but when Ben Simmons got subbed out, it was really when Toronto did their damage, because the off- our offense just couldn't do anything without Ben Simmons on the floor. And Shake was, you know, he had a little bit of rust coming in. He's been out for the past five or six games, but the coaches' All-Star ballots are due for the All-Star reserve voting on Monday. I hope other coaches around the league are watching this game because Ben Simmons needs to be in the All-Star game, and this game is just one of many examples of why he's so important to the team on both ends of the floor. And not only their our offense suffer without him on the floor, Fred VanVleet got really hot in that first quarter. He, was just, he just couldn't miss any shots, and that's probably because Ben Simmons was the one who was guarding him, got subbed off, and... Doc Rivers subbed off Ben Simmons because he kind of wanted to stagger the minutes of him and and Harris so that we didn't have to play our full bench because our bench has obviously been suffering lately. Um, but Simmons was just too important. I guess, uh, the Raptors came out playing a little bit of small ball, which was pretty effective against Embiid. They did a lot of triple teaming and double teaming on Embiid. And this was throughout the whole game, even when they had like Baines in there. Um, and Embiid, and I thought he actually responded to it pretty well. Like, his passing out of the double team is great. It's an area where he struggled before. He only had two assists. But the reason for that is because everyone was missing at threes. Seth Curry, 2 of 7. Uh, Tobias Harris, 1 of 9. Shake Milton, 3 of 7. Like, no one could hit open three-pointers.
1: Yeah, that's starting to be a problem for this team. Like It's just this streaky kind of team that they are. When you have streaky shooters all around your roster, it's going to happen – you know, they ended with a, field, a three point percentage of twenty nine percent. That's like that that's not good at all. And that's been kind of the case other season so far. Not so much earlier in the season as we were pretty hot. But yeah, what you said with Ben Simmons? He definitely deserves being the all-star game. Uh defensive recognition is never there because a lot of people don't really watch the Sixers or well, I mean, most when you're a fan of a different team, you don't watch other teams that much. So you just more look at offensive stats and He usually doesn't stuff the stat sheet, but that wasn't the case tonight. He had 28 points, shot 9 of 11, and made 10 of his 14 free throws. Uh, But I'm starting to think there's definitely going to need to be a trade. And you mentioned Shake Milton. He took all the Maz's minutes in this one, and they did not seem to ease him back into it as he played 28 minutes. Uh, He had ended with nine points and shot 3 of 11. So not a good night, but he's still getting back into it. Uh, And, Jerry, the big story for this one, you know, we said said it in the last three podcasts. Uh, Sixers only 16 bench points. That's not going to That's not gonna cut it at all. And I think we mentioned every single game with the comparison. One player on the other team always has more points than our whole bench does. Like one player on the other team's bench always has more points than our bench does. And it's going to need to change.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at like the stat sheet and players had good games. Ben Simmons, Danny Green, but he fell out. And Joel Embiid kind of, you know, obviously six of 20 from the floor it doesn't look too good, but like I said, he was getting triple double teamed and he was dealing with it pretty well. He only turned the ball over twice. Um, so usually, like, if you if they did that against him last year, he would have had like five, six turnovers. Uh, so and may I, I say that...
1: real quick, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, I may say I, I gotta give credit to Nick Nurse when you're playing with a team that doesn't really have you know, you have Aaron Beans, but. You know, they started with Pascal Siakam at center, I believe. Uh, you really don't have an effective center. You know, like I said, Aaron Baines and you hold Embiid to six of twenty, that goes that shows a lot on the coach. I just let him uh, shout him out.
0: Yeah. Um Nurse has done a great job again. And really this game paint this game plan shouldn't have been effective against the Sixers because you just you look at all the open shots that Embiid found. Like he found shooters open, like Seth Curry. To Ice Sarris constantly time and time again when you saw those double teams but those guys just weren't hitting their shots not even the wide open ones
1: yeah it's it was just one of those nights where nothing's fallen but those nights have happened a little too common so far in the middle part of the season let's talk about that second half uh the Sixers took a lead at the in the beginning of the third and halfway through and the Raptors went on another big run at the end of the third which is kind of like what happened in the first quarter and May I say, Chris Boucher just all of a sudden couldn't miss in that second half. Boucher, most of his points came in the second half. He ended with 17, a lot of them on three balls, five or six from three. That's about as efficient as it gets.
0: Yeah, Boucher is a guy. He had three blocks. He's just super long. He can shoot the three well. Uh, he's a pretty underrated. I mean, underrated is like a cliche word because a lot of like real NBA fans who watch games around the league know who this guy is and know that he's like a talented player, but. He definitely goes under the radar a little bit. Um, but let's talk but about the But may it fourth I say, quarter.
1: real quickly, may I say, a lot of the shots that they hit in that second half were wide-open threes. Not a lot of them were contested at all.
0: Yeah, that's pretty true. It felt that way, at least. And it, let's get into that fourth quarter, though, because this is where the Sixers really lost the game. You can look at the three-point shooting. That's one area where they suffered. But the fourth quarter, there was almost an eight-minute run where the Sixers did not have a field goal. And that's just unacceptable, especially considering that it's the fourth quarter and you have all of your pretty much all of your starters on the floor during that time period. That's uh, pretty much unheard of to just do that in the fourth quarter with all of your best players on the floor. You just can't get a single field goal. Um, it's the reason why they lost this game there. I, I will say there are a lot of shots that went like in and out like a pretty good shot just got a bad bounce but it's it it was just tough to watch. I don't even, yeah, I mean, don't even want to go that much into it because it, it was really tough to watch.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the field goal drought, you said around like eight minutes, and it's not like they were getting to the free throw line either. <laughs> they they went five minutes, around five minutes, without even scoring a point, and it was the most crucial moments that fourth quarter. I mean, like, you, I really would say that the halfway part of the fourth quarter is as important as it gets because it sets you up for the crunch time, you know, if you really think about it that way. But... The Sixers in the end the Sixers could not get it done in crunch time.
0: Yeah, and they really it was actually a pretty close game considering that they didn't score pretty much at all in that fourth quarter. Uh, you just think if they had one guy who would have stepped up and put the ball in the basket, uh, the game would have went differently. But um I wanna 19
1: fourth quarter points.
0: Yeah. It was pretty bad. Um I wanna talk about a little bit the the Furcon Quarkma situation because it's no secret that he's been playing terribly recently. Only two minutes in this one; it, it's his minutes have been slowly shrinking. And normally, a guy when he's shooting bad, you want to you want to like play him through it, let him shoot through the slump. But that, that he, it's been too long. He just hasn't done anything to warrant him getting minutes. And Doc Rivers has pretty much benched, benched him. Isaiah Joe has been the guy that's starting to get minutes in this place, and I hope Joe gets some more minutes because. It, He's another guy who can shoot the ball I, I think he can be a catch and shoot guy who can knock down shots. He only got twelve minutes in this one. I hope that uh figure starts to go up because I think he's more reliable shooter than furcon or he can be a more reliable shooter than furcon and he's like lengthy he He's got long arms defensively he's got the right tools to be a good defender and uh I think he's he just might be more valuable on the bench than. Furkan is or maybe even like Matisse Thibel is when Theibel isn't shooting well
1: yeah and Joe I like Joe but then do we really want this rookie getting solid minutes going throughout the end of the year I mean who knows if he does pretty well then obviously but Joe i like to say I think I've been worrying a little too much about other teams problems I've been looking more into bench problems with the Nets and how they need a bench uh the Sixers bench it's it's not looking good. I don't I think they probably have a combined, like if I'm just doing the estimations in my head, maybe fifty points combined in the last what, like maybe seven games, the whole bench, I would say maybe less than that. I mean when you really do the calculations, but I mean Corky, he's gotta work his ass off in practice. That's where it's gotta start now. Um, maybe it's time to call somebody up from the G League or give somebody else some minutes and definitely I would say make a trade.
0: Yeah, a trade's coming for sure. Um Now we're getting to the point in the season where teams have seen, like, guys play long enough where you're not, like, scared to trade someone, if that makes any sense. Like, you're not going to really move someone around early on in the season. You're going to see what your roster has, see what you need, and then decide when to make a trade. And I think teams will be more willing to send guys off at at this point in the season. So trades are going to be more frequently happening around the league and more likely to happen for the Sixers. I, I think it's inevitable that they'll get some sort of, like, it, there's been reports everywhere. Woj said that they're interested in Nemanja Bielicic and Daryl Morey is looking to get a backup four or five who can shoot the ball like Bielicic or Cousins, um, a guard cousins, who can cousins, cousins. play on both ends. I don't want cousins. Well, first of all, apparently Cousins played in practice today for the Rockets. I'm not sure if he's even cut. That might have been a false report. And it, is Demarcus Cousins even going to get minutes? Is he better than Dwight Howard?
1: I I don't know, but I mean. You know, I didn't even think about that, but it's it's just such a conflicting situation because if I'm being dead serious, I don't think one bench player coming here is going to switch anything. I think it's not going to – it maybe will affect us, but I don't think it's going to complete the whole problem. But the Raptors have just absolutely owned us in the past couple of years. They really have. They just – it feels like every time we play them, we're going into uh, a death a death valley, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, so – in the past, since 2012, the Sixers have not won a road game against the Raptors in the regular season. Uh, they're now playing in Tampa Bay uh, instead of Toronto. It doesn't matter. The stadium is still cursed for the Sixers. If you remember that game seven when Kawhi hit that shot, yes, that shot, you know what shot I'm talking about. That was an oh. away a game against the Raptors. It's just c- completely cursed. I, I don't want to play them on Tuesday in their stadium. I just want to skip that game. I want to take a nap through it. I just don't want it to happen. It, it's treacherous. I, I don't want to think about it. It, it. it haunts my mind.
1: Yeah, the Raptors, they absolutely have our number. And it's not even road games. I feel like home games too. We, you know, we kind of lose them a little. We might be a little 500 on there. I would have to fact check that. But Jared, let's go over the theory that we talked about the other day before we wrap this up. Uh, so, Real quickly, the Nets are beating the Clippers by six, so two and a half minutes left, and the Bucs are breezing through the Kings at halftime, up 15 right now. The Celtics did lose, so this might be a bad loss for the Sixers tonight. But, Joe, let me explain why that one seed is so important to us. And we talked about this the other day, uh, not on podcasts, but the Sixers need to get the one seed. If the Sixers get the one seed, they play a bad eighth seed team. You know, we're looking at Knicks, Hornets, Bulls, and at worst, I would say Heat. I would not want to see the Heat first round. They could take us to a series. I still see us winning. Uh, then the second round, I think we're either going to be playing the Pacers, Raptors, Celtics, or somebody, some one of those two teams. And because the Nets and the Bucks, it seems like they're going to get the two and the three seed. I mean, who knows what happens, but that's probably what's going to happen. They'll be on the other side of the bracket for the East. So, if they were to win in that side of the bracket, which I'm going to assume they are, one of the teams will probably end up coming out of that side. We won't have to see them through Eastern Conference Finals, and we could breeze through the first two rounds. So that's why the Sixers need to treat every regular season game like it's a playoff game, because right now they are really making their own destiny because we don't want to see Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the second round because we cannot make it out in the second round of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and like you said, anything can happen. Nothing set in stone at this point in the season. We're not even halfway through. Actually, we're getting pretty, pretty close to halfway through, but not quite.
1: Around six more games. Yeah,
0: six more games when we're halfway through. But, um, like you said, it seems like those top three are set in stone: the Sixers, Nets, and Bucks. Actually, the Bucks have been really struggling does. a lot lately. The, the I could see the Bucks falling out, and it's not that they're a bad team. They're just not really trying in the regular. Like if you look at them in the past years, they they tried very hard in the regular season. They're not doing that this year. They're doing a lot of experimenting. They're using Giannis in different ways, so I could actually see the Bucks falling out. The problem is there's no one to overtake them. The Celtics are playing bad. The Pacers are not that good. The Raptors are under 500. Actually, th- with this game, well, they're over now, 500. 16 and
1: 15. Yeah, this puts them. But they're not. Gonna, I don't think they'll emerge to third well, seed. I actually, think. I really think the Nets and Bucks will stay at two yeah. and three seed no matter what happens in this regular season. I mean, you'd think. You
0: know. Yeah, I think the Raptors are too far away to get that high up in the standings, but. They, they have been – the Raptors are a pretty good team recently. In their past, like, 15, 20 games, uh, they've been, like, an above-average team. So it, it's not surprising the Sixers lost this game. The Raptors are a pretty good team. But, um, yeah, like you said, the one seed is going to be very important because it's, it just feels like a ticket to the conference finals. You don't want to underestimate opponents like the Celtics, but the way they're playing this season, I just don't see them beating the Sixers in a seven-game series, especially when they have home field, home court advantage.
1: Yeah, Sixers need to get the one seed this year. If they do, I really think they can go to the finals. But this is going to be a rough night no matter what happens at the end of the night. The Sixers will still have the one seed, whether it's going to be by a half a game or a game and a half. Uh, the Nets, like I said, now they are winning by five with a minute and a half left. It looks like they're going to end up beating the Clippers, so we'll probably cut down to a game. And the Bucks will probably move up to two games out uh, in the. East. So overall, the Sixers lose 110 to 113. They fall to twenty eleven. Raptors go to 16 and 15. We'll recap the Sixers game on Tuesday once they lose to the Raptors again, <laughs> but hopefully not. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you.